0: Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. If you've listened to this podcast for more than 10 seconds, you know that my entire goal is to get you to schedule more visits. Most major gift fundraisers fail in this industry because they do not do the difficult, scary work of scheduling visits with the right people consistently. The majority of my success in major gifts came from constantly seeking to become as effective as possible at scheduling visits. I read tons of sales books, watched YouTube videos from sales experts, and studied Jerry Panis's materials on the matter. On top of that, I practiced. The things I learned from experts gave me the confidence to actually make the calls. Today I have a great resource that I highly recommend you download. Greg Warner from Market Smart, this episode's sponsor, has put together a guide to help you schedule more visits. It's titled Top 10 Tips for Landing More Meetings. Not only does Greg run a company that enables major gift fundraisers to be more effective, but he is a successful entrepreneur. That has scheduled countless meetings and been on the receiving end of many people trying to schedule meetings with him. He knows a thing or two about this subject and provides 10 great tips, starting with a quote from someone you know I talk about on this podcast all the time, Jerry Panis. Greg is the real deal, and this guide will help you schedule more visits. Go download it now at imarketsmart.com forward slash more meetings. That's imarketsmart.com forward slash more The bonus tip, number 11, is my personal favorite. Let me know what you think. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to One Visit Away. Got a quick little episode here for you, inspired by a post I made on LinkedIn that was, let's see, it was about scheduling visits, kind of, and handling objections. And I started off with just, you know, a little quote in this post that said, you know, this is something coming from a donor right away. I've already made all my giving decisions for this year, so there's no reason for us to meet. Here is another common objection that a prospective benefactor will share when you try to reach out to schedule a visit. Um, And then, yeah, I, I go on to say that, you know, the first thing I'll say is this. As a general rule, as major gift fundraisers, we are way too passive. 99 times out of 100, a donor says a line like this, and the fundraiser simply gets back in their shell like a scared little turtle and moves on. Don't give up. My first rule of dealing with objections is to say something. And then I went on to, you know, go through little things about how to, how to handle objections. And, you know, one of this I'll, I'll say here as a, you know, how would I handle an objection like this? The idea that I've already made all my giving decisions for this year, so there's no reason for us to meet. This is what I wrote in that LinkedIn post. Bob, several of our largest donors said the same thing the first time I called them. Most successful philanthropists make their giving decisions far into the future, so I figured you would already be locked in for this year. I'm not calling to ask you for a gift today. I just want to begin a relationship for the long haul. How does next Tuesday at 2 p.m. look for you? Now, uh, I will break this down in a second and kind of why that's an effective strategy. But before we do that, I'm going to get to the reason I brought up this topic, because uh, one of our podcast listeners and um a connection on LinkedIn responded to this, uh Vanessa, and she said, Hi Kevin, do you schedule meetings with donors slash prospects via phone? I usually send one or two email requests before following up with a call. I do this because often folks don't answer calls from numbers they don't know, and if I'm being honest, it feels more comfortable for me, but I'm not sure it's the most effective. What are your thoughts? So first off, Vanessa, this is an amazing question. My favorite part about this is that you just, uh, you know, said it out loud that it feels more comfortable for you to send emails rather than picking up the phone. So I'm going to go into, you know, my response to this. So it will be helpful to Vanessa, but then hopefully to everybody who's listening to this. Um, Short answer, a lot of times I say pick up the phone or I say call people. But what I really mean is I'm using that as, you know, any form of reaching out to schedule a visit with a prospect. I am partial in a lot of ways to using the phone because I think there are some advantages. I think there's also some advantages to other methodologies. But part of just for y'all's understanding, a lot of times I'll say pick up the phone and I just mean go take an action to get a visit scheduled, whether that's on the phone, leaving a voicemail, sending a text, sending an email Whatever it is, I just kind of, I like pick up the phone. It's a good, good, quick way to get the point across. But to your question, Vanessa, here's the first thing I would say. Success in major gifts, I think, is more about behavior change than it is about one particular methodology. So what I mean by that is, could someone argue that calling people on the phone is the best way to schedule visits? Sure. Sure. But at the end of the day, if you don't want to do that, you're not going to do it. And so I think that's great uh, self-awareness is just, hey, I prefer to send emails. I prefer to send texts. Okay, great. I'd much rather somebody send 100 requests through email and text than send zero requests because they're scared to pick up the phone. So I think that's great self-awareness. I think it's a really important thing. It's one of my it's one of the reasons I'm such a big Dave Ramsey fan and one of the things people uh, I think misunderstand about him. A lot of people, you know, go to, oh, well, like Dave's advice isn't right mathematically or some of these other things. And it's like, okay, in some ways, yeah, that's correct. But he's he understands that the reason the majority of people do not win with money and do not become millionaires, it's not because they didn't know enough information or they didn't uh, invest in the right vehicles. It's that they didn't change their behaviors. It's that they didn't stop spending so much money on stuff they don't need. Uh, and so, yeah. Winning with personal finance is about behavior change. It's about spending less than you make. It's about saving consistently over time. It's about investing over time. It's not about, uh, you know, if you interview (laughs) a bunch of millionaires, they're not all going to tell you, I did this one thing one time and that made me wealthy. It's consistent actions taken over a long period of time. So first thing is, yeah, I think that's great. If it's more comfortable for you to do it and you're going to do it, then do it. At the same time, uh, I think there are distinct advantages to every methodology. I think phone has a place. I think uh, text has a place. And I think email has a place. And I think the the more you can practice all of these, the better you will just be uh, at getting visits scheduled. So I'm not partial to phone, text, or email. I use all of them. Um, one of the benefits of the phone is... Is that people get to hear you, and you get to hear them, <laughs> um, and so and so there's there's a uniqueness about you can you can say things over the phone, you can sound like the type of person someone would want to meet with, rather than just an email that's kind of you know devoid of emotion. So, I think you got to try them all. I think it's fine to do a few emails first. I, I just switch it up. Usually, what I would do is a pro, you know a progression might look something like this. I might send somebody an email. They're not going to respond to it. Then I'll give them a call. They're not going to answer, so I'm going to leave them a voicemail. They're not going to respond to that either. Next, I'm going to wait two weeks because I like to give two weeks in between attempts. And then after I've waited those two weeks, I am going to pick up the phone again. I'm going to call them nine times out of ten. They're not going to answer, so I'm going to leave a voicemail again. And this is what I'm going to say in the voicemail, the same script I use for everything. You know hey Bob Kevin Fitzpatrick with Acme nonprofit. the reason i 'm calling you today specifically is to schedule a visit regarding our organization. How does next Tuesday at two p m look for you? Hey, by the way i 'm going to send you the same information in a text in case it 's easier for you to respond there. Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking soon. Ta ta and then I end the phone call now once i 'm off that voicemail i i 'm on my phone uh, when i 'm making the call i 'm on my cell. And so I just open up a text. I send the exact same thing. Hey, Bob, Kevin Fitzpatrick with Acme Nonprofit. The reason I'm reaching out to you today specifically is to schedule a visit regarding our organization. How does next Tuesday at 2 p.m. look for you? By the way, I left you the same information in a voicemail, but just texting it to you in case it's easier for you to respond there. And the reason I do that is people are going to respond to text way more than just about any other form of communication you have infinitely more than voicemail um and so i like sending texts i like doing it along with a voicemail and i tell the person in both of those instances hey i I left you a message in this other area because i don't want them to just get all these messages and not have me acknowledge that i'm sending them otherwise it just seems like this barrage of oh my goodness please leave me alone kevin but in this way, it's just a helpful little thing. Hey, I also texted you in case it's easier for you to respond there. And so many visits I had uh, get scheduled because somebody responded to that text. So I think email's great. I think text is great. I think phone is great. Some of the best visits of my life that resulted in the biggest gifts of my career happened because I called somebody. And one of the benefits of over the of, you know this one instance I can think of. Uh, it was a call and there is no chance I would have gotten this visit scheduled if I wasn't talking to him because I had to handle some serious objections. And this is a story that, by the way, I give out a ton of uh, content for free. This story in particular uh, of how I got this visit scheduled that resulted in hundreds of thousands of dollars of giving to the organization I was worked for, I <laughs> so far have only reserved for my clients that I work with, and it will also be included in Major Gift Millions, the course that I'm doing. So if anybody wants to hear that, that will be in Major Gift Millions. And hopefully that alone will be worth the price of admission. But um, yeah, let me go real quick. I'm going to go just into the, the script I use and kind of real quick rules for handling objections. So yeah, the script that I use is always, Good morning, Bob. Kevin Fitzpatrick with Acme Nonprofit. The reason I'm contacting you today specifically is to schedule a visit regarding our organization. How does Tuesday the 22nd at 10 a.m. look for you? What's important here? One, I immediately identify who I am. By the way, there's no gaps in this. I don't ask people how they're doing. I don't ask them how their day's going. And keep in mind, I'm talking about people I have never visited with before. I do not recommend you do this with people you know well. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But if you don't know them, you've got to be very direct because the thing you have to keep in mind is that until you have identified who you are and what you want, the person does not trust you. And all they're wondering is, what does Kevin want? And so until you tell them, they can't respond truthfully. They're suspicious of what's going on. So just tell them right away, hey, Bob, Kevin Fitzpatrick with Acme Nonprofit. Then I go into the reason I'm calling you today specifically is to schedule a visit regarding our organization. I've told him exactly what I'm hoping to accomplish on this call. And then I suggest a specific time on a specific date. A lot of people think that, too, is too aggressive. We think, oh, well, I'll be more accommodating and give them something like what I used to do, which was, hey, you know, just wondering if anything at some point over the next two weeks looks good for you that doesn't work because it's just uh it's information overload if i give somebody hey you know how does some time in the next two weeks look well now i got to look through every possible moment on my calendar for a two-week period and identify what is the best possible time and it just leads to lack of action because it's just too much to to you know manage but if you just tell them a specific time you get to a yes or a no more quickly so how does next Tuesday at 10 AM look? They can just go right to their calendar and it's either open and they're going to say yes, or it's not open and they can say no. But the thing is, if they say no, now it's just a scheduling issue. And they're going to suggest, you know, a lot of times you tell somebody, how does Tuesday the 22nd at 10 AM look for you? And they're like, well, I can't do 10, but I could do 11 AM. Would that work? Yeah, I can make that work. Okay, great. Uh, what would be the most convenient place to meet? Where would you like to meet? Um, and so that's what I recommend. I've <laughs> That's a very direct approach. But this is the kind of stuff I'm going to be going over in Major Gift Millions in much more detail. But yeah, use that same script for phone, text, email, voicemail. It works all the time for people you've never visited with. And people really appreciate the directness and just getting right down to the point. So I hope that's helpful, Vanessa. Thank you so much for asking that question. And um, yeah, just saying it out loud. It's more comfortable for you to do email. And so I think that's do what's comfortable for sure to make sure you get the work done, but also get some reps in over the phone so that you do... Because the more you do it and the more experience you get on the phone, the more comfortable you're going to be. And it's just going to open up more doors to you. The more tools you have in the tool belt, the more effective you're going to be. So I would definitely practice that some. And then, uh, yeah, there's more we could get into with handling objections, but I'll save that maybe for another episode or just, uh, you know, that's going to be in Major Gift Millions, which I am in the course, in the process of filming right now. So thanks so much, Vanessa. Thank you to all of you for listening. I hope this episode has been helpful to you. If it has, please share it uh, with other development professionals. Leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And as always, remember, you're just one visit away from closing a significant gift that will help grow your mission and your impact.